Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. الحمد لله نستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا من يحده الله فلا مدل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له رب العالمين مالك يوم الدين وأشهد أن سيدنا مولانا محمدا نبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساء فأوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله سبحانه وتعالى قال تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون قال تعالى يا أيها الناس تقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا الحمد لله we thank Allah we thank Allah we thank Allah alhamdulillah we thank Allah for his blessings of iman of islam the one who Allah guides none can misguide him the one who does not have Allah's guidance, who is it that can guide him? And we bear witness that he is the creator, the master, the conveyor of the universe. And he sends down many guides out of his mercy for the whole of mankind, for those who worship him and those who did not worship him. For the Muslim and the non-Muslim, he sent guides. He sends rizq, he sends rain, he sends food, he sends health, so many blessings. And we bear witness and we thank him that one of the greatest blessings was the blessing of sending us prophets, the blessing of Islam, the blessing of La ilaha illallah Muhammadan Rasulullah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us on this path of Islam until the day we die. That we meet him as Muslims, just as now we are Muslims, alhamdulillah. Brothers, sisters, one of those days where the khatib, myself or whoever is standing here, you have something in your mind, you're thinking about it, how will you speak about it, how to make the discussion, the arguments, the ayah, the hadith, and then something happens and you have to change what it is that you had in your mind. So I'm going to talk inshallah ta'ala about the events of Wednesday, the attacks in London. The attack that we all saw on our TV screens, on WhatsApp, on our phones going to talk about that event because it is an event which affects all of us. Only the person who is living under a rock, who is not walking the streets, who is not coming to Juma, will not be affected. We are being mentioned, we are being discussed. We as a community in relation to this event. So inshallah ta'ala it's a duty for myself or anybody else who is a khatib today to discuss this issue. But everybody can discuss the issue. We have to discuss it as Muslims. That means 
we have to seek guidance from the Quran and from the Sunnah of the Prophet about how to view what is happening on, how to deal with the events that are going to unfold, many of them which are targeting our community. And the hadith that comes to mind thinking about what we are facing now is a famous hadith of the Prophet where Anas bin Malik narrated that Rasulullah said, يَأْتِيَ لَلنَّاسِ زَمَانِ الصَّابِرُ فِيهِمْ عَلَى دِينِهِ قَلْقَابِدِ عَلَى جَمْرِهِ يَأْتِيَ لَلنَّاسِ زَمَانِ There will come a time for the people, there will come a time. The hadith is talking about the future. In this time, what about this time? الصَّابِرُ The one who has sabr who is steadfast, holds on to his deen in this time, will be like the one who is holding on to hot coals. Many lessons from this hadith, which inshallah we will touch on briefly. The lesson is that at times like this, to rely on Allah, to be close to Allah, to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the message of my khutbah, if we're to finish it here. To have istiqama, no matter the situation, to believe, no matter how hard the situation is, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you as a believer, me as a believer. And he will make a way out for us. <coughs> Wednesday, I was in the office, and the news started to break. Something has happened on the bridge next to the Houses of Parliament. Something has happened in Parliament. Somebody stabbed somebody. Initially, like with all these things, the picture is initially is not clear. But very quickly, the picture became clear that a car had run over, run over and killed and maimed and injured people on the bridge in the middle of London, in the middle of central London. This was a shocking news. One of the people dead is an American tourist. There's a lady who's uh, partly from, from Spain, Asia Frade. She works in a college and she was going to pick her kids up. And you and I, we can imagine being in her situation. Because you or your wife, somebody goes to pick the kids from school, especially if they're young kids. And you can imagine walking down the road, not thinking about anything, thinking about your life, your issues, your problems, whatever. But not expecting, not expecting, not expecting that a car would come off the road and hit you and kill you or maybe push you into the river as happened with one person. 50 people were injured, some of them were school children from France, some of the injured are critical, and the latest report that a 75-year-old man is the latest person to die. It's a shocking event. Our deen, our Islam, is an Islam of principles. An Islam that has fixed principles. Because it is not your principle or my principle, it is the principle from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That the taking of innocent life, to go and kill innocent people like this on a bridge or going about their business, is something which is haram. It's something which our Islam forbids. Whether it happens here, whether it happens in Syria, wherever it happens, the taking of innocent life, Islam makes it something which is such a big issue. And we are people who are very clear on this. But the question then comes after this tragic event, what happens next? How will some try to use this event? And how does Islam teach us to respond in these testing times? These are the three issues that I thought I should cover, inshallah. What happens? We've just touched on that. But then next, what happens? How are some going to try to use it?
against our community and we as a community how do we respond in terms of what happens next we've been here before unfortunately sadly over the last 15 16 years of the so-called war on terror of attacks on the streets of london or madrid or anywhere we have been here before what do i mean by that we've been here where a tragic attack has occurred people have been killed innocent people have been killed the position of the muslim community is clear that we did not accept this and yet some policies some attacks then come on our community this is a time when within a few minutes of this tragic attack on the media the media was in a frenzy people are on the tv so-called experts they were naming the wrong man they're experts huh but quickly oh what about the mosques what about the madrasas what about the islamic societies slow down people have been killed on the streets that is all anybody knows we don't know anything else we've not heard any tape any message nothing but straight away, you're on the TV and you start to say, the Muslims, Islam, maybe it's connected. Hold on, what are you going about? That is what I mean by, we have been here before. The racists will come out, they'll feel emboldened. The general public who are watching this on their TV, watching the experts talk about mosques and madrasas and Muslims will become more fearful. The politicians, some of them will then come up and they've come up in the last few days with all sorts of statements statements about what is acceptable what is not acceptable come up in the few days they will come with policies that they want to push against our community so we have been here before and then they turn to the muslim community and they speak to us as if we are guilty will you not condemn this kind of statement you hear from people will you not condemn what do you think about it why you speak to us as if we were on the bridge we were with the man we met with him we planned with him do you ask anybody else this question this is outrageous you should never accept brothers and sisters don't accept anybody to speak to you in this tone what do you, you why are you connecting me with something i had no connection with it is a way to make you feel guilty implicitly you know, like somebody calls you and says, you know what, I, I know you, but come on, you, you really, you, when they start to speak to you like that, it's implicitly trying to say you are somehow guilty and this is not something we accept as a community that we are blamed for the action of one man or two men or whoever men. And then there'll be talk about moderates and extremists. Which mosque did he attend? This and this and this. This is the moderate mosque. This is the extremist mosque. Da, 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 da. We've been here before. They will talk about clamping down on Islamic societies. They will talk about defending British values. When I say they, not everybody, but some of these politicians and some in the media, they have an agenda. And what we see time and time again is that they try to use these events to link it to masajids, madrasas, Islam, because in their mind, they have one idea in their mind, those people pushing this agenda. That idea is that the more Islamic an individual becomes, the more Islamic a community becomes, the more they are going to become violent people. This is the lie that the government has been pushing since 9-11. This is the lie many policies are built on. And because they have this lie in their mind, when they see any sign of Islam, they want to clamp down on it. What did we see a few weeks ago? 
The European Court said Muslim women wearing hijab and being banned from work is legal. What has wearing hijab got to do with violence? What have mosques got to do with what happened on the streets of London? So my point, brothers and sisters, when we feel this pressure for something we're not guilty of, it is not by accident. It is some people in government, some people in the media, trying to exploit. This is how dirty these people are. They're trying to use a tragedy, a terrible event, where people, innocent, were killed. They want to use that as a big stick to whip the community. You have to live hijab. We don't want you to believe in jihad Islam. We want you to the moderate Islam. We don't want to believe in khilafah Islam. We don't want you to have a madrasa Islam. We don't want you to speak from the member about Islam, Islam. This is the agenda that we face. But you know what? You know what? There's a bit of me that's worried, but there's a bit of me that says we've been here before. And which makes me confident. Because we as a community are a brave community. Have you faced media attacks for one year, for two years? For the last 15 years, the media has been full about hijab is this, niqab is this, people going to Syria are this and this and this. And look, our masjids are still full, alhamdulillah. Our women, our sisters and mothers are still wearing the hijab, alhamdulillah. People are still going to Umrah, alhamdulillah. People are supporting their Ummah in Syria, alhamdulillah. Some of the people in the society are becoming Muslims, alhamdulillah. So despite the pressure for us to live our Islam in this war and terror climate, this community is a brave community. We're a brave community. And we have to acknowledge that in these times. We have relied on Allah and the way forward for us to deal with the latest pressure is the same. Is what is described in this hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There will come a time The one who has sabr And maybe we need to explain What do we need to do here We need to have istiqama Reliance on Allah Obedience to Allah Relying and holding firm To Allah's way subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what we need to do in these times The concept of istiqama is One which is well known in our deen in this hadith, Rasulullah says, there will come a time. So that means in future, a time will come when things will be tough for Muslims. It is a hadith that is restricting to those who have sabr. For the people who have sabr in that time, there is a reward. So that means those who don't have sabr, they don't get the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They don't get the help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This hadith applied, and this is a lesson for me and you, it applied in the time of the Prophet They faced tests to shake them from their deen. Many tests. Were the Muslims not tested in Makkah? The story of Bilal, the story of Khabbab, radiallahu anhum. The story of the Sahaba, the story of the Prophet himself, sallallahu alayhi wa Was he not tested? So we should expect that the sunnah, the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is that the believers will be tested in life. <coughs> Maybe when things are easy, we forget this. So now that things are tough, now they're saying, your mosque is this, you are this, do you condemn, do you this? Now is to go back to this ahadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa to remember Allah 
to remember Allah, to remember Allah, to run to Allah in order to stand firm in these tests that we will face. So brothers, sisters, really in terms of what do we do in these times, I would say what we do in these times are one, this is the time to hold on to the deen. The only reason, the only reason why some politicians, some media are trying to connect you to a vicious attack which you are not connected with is to put pressure on you to leave your Islam. There is a simple answer for us to remove the pressure from us. Simple answer. Our sisters take off the hijab. We stop going to the masjid. We hide our identity as Muslims. We say we're just like everybody else. You believe in secularism, same-sex marriage. Yeah, we're Muslims, no problem. The day we are like that, nobody will talk about us in the media. They will say, you have embraced the secular liberal values of the world. Your Islamic identity is gone. All that is left, your name. You're called Abdullah, Zainab, Muhammad, Isa. No problem. People are called John and Jane. Yeah, you have different names. That's fine. But when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, having left this identity, what will we meet Allah with? So brothers and sisters, this is the time to stand firm. Standing firm means holding on to the ideas that they want us to leave. Holding on to the practices they want us to leave, the practices from Islam. But standing firm is not something easy to do unless for the person who runs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these times. This is the time to pick the Quran and read about the stories of the Anbiya. This is the time to pick the seer of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Read about the seerah in Mecca. Read about the battle of Khandaq. When you are surrounded, you feel surrounded now, when they were surrounded. When it looked like there is no way out. But Allah is the one who has power over everything. Even though people don't know. The one who can make a way out and help you in every situation, me and you, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So stand firm, run to Allah and obey him. Despite the pressure that we face, because this is a path to the victory that we have. And our deen is the one that teaches us how to behave in the best way. We don't say it's wrong to kill people on the streets of London, but it's okay elsewhere. We are consistent. Some of the people in the British government, they say it's wrong to kill people in London. The former prime minister was standing in parliament and he was bragging, he was making praise when they killed some British boys in Syria with a drone. No trial. Are they guilty or not? Nobody knows. But he stood in parliament, we killed them with a drone. Our dean, no. Our deen, Allah that we believe in, tells us to kill innocent people is wrong. You don't take the law into your own hands. This world cannot be a jungle. This makes our Islam so superior in every way that you can think of. Brothers, the second thing that we have to do at this time, we have to convey Islam. This is my second message to you. This is not the time to hide. Yes, you feel pressure. Yes, on the TV. Yes, at work. This is not the time, I'm Muslim, uh, I, I don't, 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 I, I, I don't want to discuss. Many non-Muslims are not the government who want to attack our deen. They're not those politicians and some in the media who want to force us to change our deen. Many non-Muslims, they just don't know who we are. And they are being fed, they are being frightened about us every day in the media. But yet, they live with us. They work in the same office as us. 
Some have been to our messages for open days. We pass them on the street. They come to our shops, our businesses. We go to their businesses. Allah orders us to carry da'wah. So not only should we not be shy, not only should we not take blame because we did not do anything wrong, not only should we be proud of our deen and hold on to it and have istiqam and be steadfast in these times, you want to be somebody who's positive and goes out. Go out to your neighbors. They have many questions on their minds. They want somebody who can answer these questions. Whose duty is it? Is it the media feeding them lies? Is it Theresa May? Is it these politicians who are exploiting? They're using the death of people to put pressure on a community. You think these ones who talk about Islam in the correct way? It's me and you. <coughs> speak to your neighbors. Speak at work. Inshallah, I have a program on Saturday. I have a program online on Facebook, 8.30 on Saturday evenings. Maybe we'll try and answer some of these questions. I was speaking to one brother, uh, one brother I know, Brother Majid. He was telling me on WhatsApp the discussion he has with non-Muslims in the canteen. Some of the questions that they ask, some of the ways he tries to answer them. I'm learning. We're, we're learning from each other. What's the best way to approach them? And very important, you don't go to the non-Muslim neighbor only when there has been an attack in London. No, 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 no. The Prophet ﷺ lived with people in Mecca. The Quraysh attacked his deen, but to the common people, he traded with them, he bought with them. He carried the luggage of the old woman. He went to visit them when they were not well. You should know your neighbor. Share their sorrow. Somebody dies, you, con you console them. Sorry about your loss. They know you as a person. So when something like this happens, and they have a question about Islam and Muslims, they're thinking, I know Abdullah. Abdullah is, is, is all right. He's a nice guy. You know, he dresses a certain way. He, he's very forthright. He has certain values. Maybe I don't agree with his values. But he's an open guy. And if I have a question now, you know who I should go to? Abdullah. I've got some questions. Can we chat? Brothers, sisters, I know it is a tough time. The masjid told me they've taken some measures. There's some threats. So it's a tough time for all of us, yeah? You've got to take some precautions. But, 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 don't just have your head in the news and you feel helpless. You feel everything is lost. You feel it's us again. No, don't do that. This is the time to run to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to have istiqamah, to be firm in practicing your deen, in being proud because you've done nothing wrong. And in challenging any of those who point fingers at our community because they have an agenda. And their agenda is to use this tragic event, terrible event, to put pressure on our community and we reject that. And this is a time for da'wah. This is a time to be ambassadors of Islam. This is the time to be the ambassador of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I finish, brothers, with an ayah that, you know the imams and the khatibs were always using this ayah in the Jumu'ah khutbah. This is an ayah, you go to most masjids, you will hear this ayah. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullaha wa qulu qawlan sadida. You hear this ayah a lot in the khutbah? This ayah is so important now. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu. Allah addresses. Taqullaha. Fear Allah. Wa qulu qawlan sadida. And say the straight word. This is the time when we say speak. Stand as Muslims. You have to speak. You have to speak to your neighbors. And Allah is saying speak straight. Explain what Islam is. Without bending it. Without twisting it. And the one who does that. What will he get? 
يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَحْمَالَكُمْ Allah will amend your affairs. وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ And Allah will forgive your sins. وَمَنْ يُتِئِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا Look at the blessing, the reward of standing firm and speaking the truth and explaining Islam when it is required. That Allah will give forgiveness, He will help us in our affairs, and the one who obeys Allah and His Messenger وسلم, will achieve the great reward. We want the great reward? We want Al Jannah? Well, this is the tough time to prove to Allah that we are men, we are women, strong, firm in obedience to Him. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us in these times, to keep us strong, to bless our community, to bless our ummah wherever they are in Syria and Somalia, those who are suffering, to help us here to stand firm to this deen, to be the carriers of da'wah, the ambassador of Islam. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.